You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Hey, Mike. Tony Groves. Good evening. And special guest, Brent McCoy. Hey, guys. Hope everyone's doing well. Hey. All right. Thanks, guys, for coming to the iRacers Lounge. Uh, Brent, uh, you'd recently joined Tafosi Racing, so thank you for being part of the team. Uh, it's been fun to have you around so far. So let's get to know you a little bit. Um, let's start out with uh, how did you hear about iRacing for the very first time and uh, what brought you to us? Yeah, I think I was um, living down in Arkansas at the time when I first heard about it and um, came across it on a YouTube channel, came across iRacing. And ever since early 2000s, during the multiplayer NASCAR games, I always wanted to get involved in it again. And living down in Arkansas, I had Royal out in the county, no internet out there, and then I moved back up here to my home state of Wisconsin. First thing I did, went out, bought a computer, um, started getting hooked on iRacing, started really enjoying it. And over the past couple of years, since 2016, I've really started invested in it. And it's been a blast so far, and I don't see any end in sight. All right, yeah. Your stats aren't too bad. I pulled up your stats page. You're at uh, your overall oval winning percentage, 3.7%. So that's pretty darn good, actually. Most people are a little below 3%. Uh, but you got, it uh, looks like, 34 career wins so far. So good job. Yeah. They, uh, they, not enough, nowhere near enough wins. It seems like they're, as we all know, they're few and far between, but the ones I have, I tend to remember. Well, we mentioned one last, uh, one of your wins, your most recent one last week on the podcast, you won circuit de spa, uh, the skip barber. Um, and that's something to say, actually, those are hard to win. Yeah. It's a, uh, spa's a, it's a different type of track and you throw in, on the uh, the skip barbers with the long straightaways at Spa and the the high pressure braking points. Me and Morley were actually in that race, and uh, or no, he was in a different race. But we were on Team Speak talking back and forth, and it was a heck of a battle between P1 and P2 and myself. And came down to the very last couple turns, right there. And luckily enough, I was able to pull out the win. And it was great to. It's always great to get those oval wins, but it's always something else coming from an oval guy to get those road wins. And that was pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. So, with that being said, I mean, how often are you racing? Is it daily, weekly? Uh, and what series are you running? I try to get on at least twice a week. I try to get some official races in. I um, with As of late, it's been a little struggle because of work. Working 12-hour shifts, we've been kind of missing those peak um, racing times I like to do. But hopefully coming up with work schedules change, I'll be able to get on more, more than twice a week. I'm mainly a uh, NIS oval guy so the fixed or the open i prefer to like the open more just because the racing seems to be a little better cleaner depending on what day of the week it is um also like we mentioned before i'll do the skip barbers really like the skippies they're just uh there's something about them that just appeals to me and hopefully hopefully we can keep advancing those licenses on that roadside oh yeah oh yeah you'll get you'll get a if you're winning in the skippy You'll get to A eventually. Just got to keep at it. Uh, all right. Very good. Uh, yeah, you've been part of Tifosi Racing here for a little while. Uh, any leagues at all, or have you done leagues? 
last year I did the um, United Sim Racing Championship League. Was part of that for about a year. Work schedules kind of again work work seems to mess up everybody's schedule at some point, right? So um, I ended up due to that I had to drop out of that. Only was able to do about half the races, but it was a blast. Really taught me a lot as far as race craftsmanship, dealing with people and um, handling emotions a lot better than NIS does because it can get a little heated in NIS. So, but other than that, I'm currently not doing any other leagues, just the um, Tafosi Racing, which I am proud to be a member of now. So, thank you. All right. Well, absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, let's learn about your hardware software setup. I mean, what do you got for monitors? Uh, you know, what kind of wheel and pedals and third-party software and that kind of thing yeah so i'm currently up until about probably three months ago i was racing on a old i think it was about a 32 inch old tv um and then i realized i just wasn't cutting it and decided to invest in it and i upgraded to three 27 inch dell um g-sync monitors right now so i'm running some triples that's running on a 1080 ti nvidia gtx um also running with it a logitech driving force gt wheel and pedal set not the best wheel and pedal set on the market but it's doing the job so far so yeah it's it's a good it'll get it's a good starter set i guess so but uh absolutely i mean the 1080 with 327s uh g-sync i mean that right there is like heaven right there oh yeah but the i don't know if I mentioned this to some of you guys the other day. I said, I don't know if I could ever go back now to being a single monitor. And frankly, I don't even know if VR would give me the perception of what I'm getting now. It's just something else. Everything's so crisp and clear. And um, triples is just a whole game changer for me. That's when I really noticed my performance go up. So I don't think there's any way I could go back. I'm really loving it. Okay. So after the podcast, you'll have to remind me to tell you how to do the gyro view that I always promote to everybody on the team that has triples where you change the lock your head to the horizon thing and let your slip head slip on, do slip angle. And Chris, Tony, you guys have tried that. Yeah. And I actually would just play on one monitor and it helped me a ton, particularly the uh, horizon setting. Cause you can kind of, you can see the banking a lot better. And even, uh, uh, what was the other one? The, um, oh, it was slip the angle, slip angle. Yeah. It's a, uh, Mine's a little bit lower. I think it's around maybe 25 or something like that. But, yeah, you can actually see the car getting loose before you feel it. So save it a little bit more often. Awesome. Yeah, that would um, – we'll have to meet up after this podcast, and we'll we'll talk about it. Something tells me that knowing the car getting sideways probably would have helped me in uh, the race I just did. So hopefully that will help in the future. It's a totally different view than the default view because of the – the way the horizon locks. I mean, like when you're on the, the Bristol banking, it's like, and I call it gyro view because it looks like the gyro camera. So if you can imagine looking at the gyro view camera while you're on the banking, the way it looks, it's got a similar feel to that. Awesome. Yeah, I switched to, I switched to that a little bit ago as well. And uh, I absolutely love it. Um, I had to actually... I'm glad you guys uh, mentioned it because I totally forgot. I'm not running it right now. I had to turn it off for Sonoma because those hills were killing me. Um, but other than that, yeah, I I absolutely love that uh, quote-unquote gyro view. Yeah, you can almost see the compression of the car too going up and down on the springs uh, because the car is moving, but your eyes are constant, so to speak. 
but if anybody wants to change that who's listening, you just go to App INI, find the graphics section. You'll see Lockhead to the horizon equals zero or equals one. Just switch it to the opposite. If it's one, make it a zero. If it's zero, make it a one. And the same thing with the slip angle and all that. They're all to- together in that section. Uh, head swivel is another one I have turned on it. I'd run it 100% as well. But anyway, that's pretty cool stuff. Uh, so with your triples, uh, have you thought about a fourth monitor and what other third-party software? I definitely need a fourth monitor. Now that I got those triples, I realize that I need either a smaller one or let's go for another 27-inch right above it. Um, before I put these triples on, I was running sim racing apps for the fuel and the map and all that other stuff. But now that I'm running these triples, the only thing I have running is the um, is the pit, pit indicator in the background because I can't do the overlays on top of these triples. just messes me up too much. So in the future, hopefully in the next couple months, I'm looking to add on that fourth monitor. But as of right now, all I'm doing is that sim racing apps. And um, it seems to be going all right so far. Yeah. Yeah, and you can make do. I mean, if you can find an old tablet or another laptop or in the house or... Uh, some other way, you know, there's always a way. I have iPad, I have an old iPhone, I got a laptop with a touch screen, I got all kinds of stuff. All right, very cool. Uh, and then let's wrap up with your most memorable iRacing moment. What was that? Has to be earlier this year, running the, I told myself earlier this year, especially in the Open Series, I was going to start to focus more on setup building and and hopefully trying to better myself to learn those cars. I don't have that racing background. I'm not a, a racer in the real world, so the dealing with the setups is a little tricky. Earlier this year at Auto Club, I managed to score P1, though, my very first win in the NIS car, whether it be the fixed or the open, and I was extremely ecstatic with that. So I'm pretty sure my neighbors in my condo up here heard me yelling because I was so excited. So that was a blast, and that's a moment that I probably won't forget always that first win. That's awesome. They can hear you whooping and hollering and uh, winning. Yeah, I do the same thing. when I, I, I lived in an apartment before I moved in this house, and uh, uh, I would turn the volume up pretty loud of the engine, and I had them coming through speakers, and they probably thought I had a car inside my living room. They probably thought you were a little crazy, huh? Yeah. I think we all are. Don't you well, have to be, though, to kind of run this stuff? You kind of have to be a little crazy with the amount of money and, and the amount of time and investment it takes into this stuff and the dedication. Yeah, but you know what? Once we, you get a taste of the competition, and, you know, it is fun. That is true. Well, thanks for coming on. We do appreciate you being part of the team. It's been fun so far, and uh, welcome. Let's jump into topics. Uh, we're doing it mullet style again. Will is not here with us this week, and uh, and so we're running a little bit rough. We didn't have an editor on the script, so hang in there with us, guys. First topic, Dale Jr. and Steve Myers are on Twitter interacting, talking about Fairground Speedway, and I think that's Nashville. But, uh, hey, can we get this thing scanned and get it on iRacing? Uh, one fan wrote, and Steve Myers piped in, uh, said, hey, I worked on it for a while. It wasn't a track management issue, if I remember correctly, but the red tape on the city side is what held it up. And so Dale piped in and said, I think that won't be a problem now. There has been some warming of those relationships. And so maybe Dale made a phone call to somebody he knows or something, but looks like uh, he's stepping up uh, trying to 
get some uh, track scan for us here. That'd be really cool. I always, uh, it'd be really nice to have like a like a, a short track guardian angel, somebody with Dale Junior's pool and money to go around and get a lot of these tracks scanned. Like I said even like I think we've talked about before, but even if I racing never uses them, at least we'll have a digital copy of those tracks before they go away. Who is the most connected person in NASCAR in racing? It's got to be Dale Jr. right now because, you know, his stature as a broadcaster in NBC, you know, he most popular drivers for so many years, and he just retired, and future Hall of Famer, you know, no doubt. Yeah, pretty cool. Thanks, Dale, for jumping in there and making that happen. Hopefully we'll get that uh, scanned. But there's certainly some discussion about it because some fan decided to ask uh, iRacing and Dale about it. And now it's a discussion. All right, Chris, what's next? Um, next, I actually couldn't get this link to pull up, probably because of the, the subject. But uh, it looks like uh, we had a, a member that renewed his iRacing membership, a three-month membership with a Subway gift card. <laughs> is this possible? It is, actually. After I saw this on Facebook, I actually went and tried it. And it is possible. You can actually renew your iRacing with a Subway gift card or other such things. Yeah, I, had, I think I had heard of Payment Wall before, but I'd never really looked into it or knew any of businesses that used it. But <laughs> it's that's just so out there. That's just a, something you wouldn't think about, you know? That's so awesome. I mean, are you are you telling me that you can trade a ham sandwich for a few months of iRacing? I am freaking in. <laughs> So if you go to, uh, like you're going to renew, and then click on Payment Wall, which is one of the options, uh, apparently you can pay with uh, MasterCard, Visa, Discover, American Express, Burger King, Bank Transfer, <laughs> SoFort, CVS, PaySafe, Mobile Payment, and others, including Subway. You can use your Burger King gift card. <laughs> I started scrounging around just to make sure I didn't have any old gift cards sitting around that I hadn't used. All right, so check that out, guys. I didn't realize exactly what that was, but apparently it's a thing. I mean, PayPal is the other option, and that's what I use, so I would probably recommend PayPal, not Payment Wall. Man, I would totally give up almost all my gift cards, you know, minus my, uh, ooh, my Timmy's card. That iRacing couldn't get that one, but they could have the rest of them. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure my wife has a wallet full of gift cards with just a little bit of balance left on them, you know? Pop those in and use them. Okay, Tony, what's next? Okay, so we are talking the new NIS car. We got confirmation this week from Steve Myers that we're going to get the Camaro in the September build. Um, <laughs> I know we've User been talking about this channel. for, you know, how long? Um, about bloody time is what I'm saying. I want the Camaro. Um, and as as we all know, they uh, they also uh, got a new look at the the Ford Mustang that's coming next year. Um, yeah, that was a, this morning. Was that yeah. just this morning? Yeah, uh, they announced it on social media, and there was a. Uh, video of all the Ford drivers they actually got into them and like drove them around a little bit. Uh, I think the big news out of that Ford 
uh, Mustang, uh, you know, uh, press conference this morning was Tony Stewart actually said he wants to run the Indy 500 next year. Oh, nice. Yeah, I missed that part of it. Now, I, I swore I saw something on it just like the other day, but I don't know, maybe it was this morning. <laughs> yeah, so iRacing actually tweeted a, a kind of a cute thing about uh, the new Ford. Uh, they, they tweeted, heavy breathing, we'll get the scanner and the baby powder. But, I've uh, seen that new Mustang, and I, I don't think it's going to cause any heavy breathing for anybody. I'm a, I'm a Chevy guy, <laughs> but, you know, that thing looks like crap. <laughs> it looks or, like a Taurus. Yeah. Well, remember, when they scan a car, uh, when iRacing scans a car, they put baby powder all over it because the camera picks it up better. I wonder who gets to clean that up afterwards. Or they just take it out and let it, let it you know, air it off. So... Yeah, in our team stream, there was a lot of discussion about the new Ford this morning when it was announced. Uh, I think some of the comments I saw were, oh, it just looks like it's uh, the same car with different stickers on it. And then there was another one that said the headlights looked odd or too big or something. Yeah, I think the the front end on that car looks a little different. If you're looking at it straight on or from the angle that was on Twitter that I believe someone had posted, the front end just looks off. I don't know if it's because it's I don't know if it's because the car is six inches off the ground or what, but the the front end just looks extremely huge on it. Yeah, maybe it's what they need though. That Camaro looks pretty sleek, and you saw what happened when they got in this year. They had they had all kinds of problems out of the gate. Maybe you need a ugly ass car like that Mustang. Now you know I, when is the Toyota coming? Now now I'm kind of feeling left out because I run the Toyota. Well, they, they just do the Toyota. Was it two years ago? Yeah, well, it was just recently. They they update. They put a new body on the Camry. Yeah, but we're next because now we've done the Chevy, and now we'll have the Ford. Uh, I think we need a fourth manufacturer in there. Yeah, bring Dodge back. Ram. I seem like <laughs> well, oh, us Canadian like... us Canadians are hogging all the Dodge. They, I think it's almost it's almost all Dodge running the uh, the Pinty series up here. It must have been where they went then. I kind of miss them. I'm, I'm not a big Dodge fan or anything. It just seemed like they had. They did, it seemed like they did good for uh, NASCAR. Like they they really put their stuff out there. Did a lot of good advertising, and their cars kind of fit. You know, they're a little bit racier than well, some of the other manufacturers that came out with the new Chargers and Challengers and all that stuff. It just it didn't make sense to me. All right, we're jumping on the next next topic here. Uh, Our racing posted up on the uh, Twitter. Hey, uh, you never forget the first win. Where did you get your first win on iRacing? They presented the question and uh, led to quite a discussion. I started thinking about when I got my first win. I'm pretty sure it was rookie street stock. And that's probably about the right answer for everybody. Yep, that's where I got mine. It was Charlotte. And boy, oh boy, my heart was a pounding. Yeah, it's hard to remember some six years ago for me, but I, I'm pretty sure it was Charlotte as well. Uh, I was stoked. I was screaming, much like Brent was saying earlier, where the neighbors are wondering what's going on. Yeah, I want to say for mine, it was a, it was at Charlotte too, but it was on the road course, doing the um, the road course side of things. So maybe I just need to stick the road racing, huh? There you go. All right, so yeah, that was kind of neat to reminisce a little bit. Uh, and some of the replies on Twitter, um, there were a, quite a few of them. There was like maybe a hundred or so where people actually detailed out 
who, you know, where they got their first win, what car was it, when was it, you know, what track, and kind of fun to read through that. So check that out on Twitter. All right, Chris, uh, you're next. Uh, next, we have a forum post by Alexander Horn, and um, I think we had put a couple of these videos in our in the podcast, but um, the last couple of months, he's been putting together the the top ten highlight video series. And uh, he's calling out for uh, content. So if um, says he, we would like to, s- to submit short replays no larger than 20 megabytes to his email at alex.horn at iracing.com. Please title the email top 10 August 2018. If you do not send with the correct title, I might miss it because they will be sent to a specific folder in my inbox. The replays can feature any exciting moment, including but not limited to close finishes, last lap pass, crash avoidance, big save, close racing, and rub and paint. And uh, I'm glad to see they're going to keep doing these because the, the first couple of months have been really, really awesome. And it looks like they're having um, a pretty good response on the videos and even from uh, outside iRacing. It looks like uh, 100,000 views. Yeah, 100,000 views. That's the count. And that's uh, definitely outside of iRacing. Well, that's what they're saying. Yeah, between uh, June and July, they had about a thousand, a hundred thousand views, um, and they they reported as well that they're they're already up around sixteen thousand for uh, August. I actually don't think I had seen Augusts yet. I'll have to pull it up. I missed that one somehow. Well, so keep at it. Those are pretty cool, and they certainly promote uh, what we're trying to do over here. All right, Tony, tell oh. us uh, what's next. <laughs> more uh more ai discussion um question was popped up uh they were asking on the forums if uh you know that ai racing that they're they're building is going to be uh ready for the season four build um you know coming up here in uh september and uh alexander horn staff member uh replied back that uh no it is definitely not going to be available for um our september build um they so said uh, December yeah. then. Well, yeah, that's I guess there. Uh, I guess there's no major update. Still in development. No release date yet. Um, I guess we could hope for December for those that are uh, really looking forward. Um, maybe a sigh of relief for those that uh, absolutely despise this idea. I guess there's both sides of the fence you can sit on. Well, this is the first time I think we've seen it won't be in the September build. So. Yep, pretty interesting. All right, I got the next one. Uh, so that was AI. Uh, next up was a new video series that Alexander Horn has put out from iRacing. Uh, this time it is highlights from the last couple of weeks of racing across our various world championship series. And uh, really nice looking video again. I mean, uh, this guy is getting it done. He's, it's got the top three kind of feel to it you know um and it's you know rally cross and whatnot and it's uh, kind of fun to watch the way he's got it uh, edited all together yeah they they seem to be uh constantly getting better and better at these videos um i i watched it just before we started recording and uh i thoroughly enjoyed that video um i i've been liking all the videos and I've been kind of seeing a progression from the first highlight video that they threw out um, to even this one here. and um, They just get better and better. 
Yeah, you watch it, you want to go racing. It makes you want to go out there, join them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just gets you fired up. All right, uh, Chris, I think you got the big story of the week probably uh, next year. Is it really? <laughs> I don't run any of these, so it didn't really seem all that huge to me. <laughs> well, I think it's a big announcement, you know, for sure. Well, yeah, definitely. Anytime they announce a series, especially, uh, you know, big series like this, it's a big deal. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, like I said, I might not be running them. <laughs> but our first is the the GT World Championship Series. Um, this series is going to... Well, uh, be the GTE class for the 2019 season one. This is a standard six week season beginning in December and ending in March. Normally official series, normal official series rules apply current GT endurance series time slots. Uh, It says if you want to be in the GT world championship series team, finish top 25 in the overall 2019 season one GT endurance series standings and being good standing with iRacing. If a current pro World Championship driver finishes in the top 25. The spot will go to the next available non-pro world-class driver. So uh, this is a new Road to Pro announcement uh, for all series. Yeah, and basically. It's... Yeah, they're, they're all pretty much set. It's basically our Road to Pro just for, uh, we have it now for um, Rallycross, uh, GT World Championship and World Series. Of Outlaw. And, yeah, World of Outlaws. Which is awesome because I, I really, like I said, I I don't really have a dog in that fight, I guess, as far as going pro. But it's really cool that they have, I mean, road to, the Road to Pro series has been awesome. It's nice to see that they have these other series that will be, you know, for the drivers that want to run something that's not, you know, oval. Yet the peak Road to Pro situation is much different. Remember, that's the truck series that runs on every other Tuesday all throughout the year. And you got to do really good in that. And then you can progress to the B series. And then from there you can progress to peak. Yeah. These are much shorter. Yeah. So this is just uh, in the winter series, uh, season one, uh, official races. So you just go run the normal official races, world of outlaw, you know, sprint car or late model. And guess what? If you do well enough, you're going to be a pro at the end of that, you know, 12 weeks. There'll be four drops uh, in the world of Outlaw, one of that 12-week season as well. So I like the idea that they're using official racing in a regular series to determine who the pros are. I don't think it should be a separate kind of series, and I kind of like the idea of that. Uh, Rallycross is much the same thing, uh, 12 weeks with uh, four drops. And so that'll be uh, season one. All right, pretty cool. Next up, bottom split broadcast of NIS. Jordan Worth has uh, posted up in the NIS forums. Hey, guys, uh, we're going to broadcast this open series bottom split event over on Twitch TV uh, at Bobby underscore Labonte. So check it out. Uh, should be entertaining, as he says. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, check it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> I didn't realize this wasn't even, even in the, the script. We I think it was uh, Michael Morley that sent that into our team chat this morning. And that, that was the video that he had posted in there. And these guys are absolutely hilarious. I hope they keep doing it. it, it yeah, was, if you haven't. 
if you haven't had a chance to check them out yet, I think you definitely should. It, it, it will. It's definitely worth the hour and a half, two hours of your time to watch the entire thing. Well, yeah, I wasn't exactly doing anything, so I had just kind of some free time. But I ended up watching for like 45 minutes of a bottom split race. I couldn't turn it off just because these guys were cracking me up. And so what, are they announcing it or what? I didn't see it. Oh, yeah, they they announced, they they have, uh, I think there's probably three of them maybe uh, that would, would announce this bottom split race just like you would a normal race. But, of course, you have, you know, it's it's bottom split. So you have guys that are all over the track, and then you have them trying to call it like it's a regular NASCAR race. Like somebody somebody's sitting on the, the you know, in the infield for, 20 seconds and they start saying they start talking about is the window net down is this guy okay i think there's smoke in the cockpit they're they'll follow these guys around and just poor these poor guys that are probably just learning the sim they'll make a mistake and they'll be follow them around the track and <laughs> call them out i wouldn't want to be on their their stream <laughs> it's a good reason to get out of bottom split but it is so fun to watch I am in so much trouble. <laughs> that yes, is where yes, I you are. race. <laughs> yes, yeah, because like they've been, they were talking about people that I race with on a regular basis. Uh, David Butterworth, if you're out there, you might want to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that will be something to check out. Because we have team members that are running in the bottom split of that race, so. Yeah, and yeah. actually, we found out when we were running NI tonight. We think we had a team member in the broadcast that they. Um, uh, did yesterday, so we or the day before, whatever it was. So I was we, Tony Rochette. Yeah, we need to go back and look and see if he was in the race and see if they talked about him. It's just a completely different style of broadcasting compared to the traditional stuff you see from other broadcasters here in iRacing. They put a comedic spin on it, and it is definitely worth your time. Well, it's not just one guy doing color. I think it's all three of them doing color commentary throughout the whole thing. So, yeah, it's like three guys in the box, two on pit road. It. Uh, Pretty funny. Yeah, a guy that talked like Larry McReynolds <laughs> doing the pit report. That's funny. Yeah, check it out. Okay. Uh, Chris, you're up next. F1 Esports. I'm sorry. I got distracted by that, that last one. Yeah, so it's F1 Esports uh, team announcement. Uh, McLaren has announced uh, who their drivers are going to be, and guess what? They're all iRacers. Yeah, I can't pronounce any of these guys' names. <laughs> Enzo, Enzo Benito. Benito. He's the one I do know. Um, those other guys, I do not. Bono uh, Huis and Ali Pakla. But, uh, yeah, they've, they've been running the Formula One series uh, that, you know, we've been talking about forever, and they're always... Uh, Top 10 kind of guys, but yeah, so they got all selected and hired by McLaren. Congratulations. Okay, Tony, you're next. Outage. Yeah, I guess uh, uh, this just happened this morning. Uh, Yeah, shortly before 6 a.m., they're seeing issues with the member site uh, going down, or it was down. Um, uh, Apparently, they had it, they were able to get it recovered quickly um they're they're talking a whole whack of stuff here that i don't understand um about why yeah who knows yeah. what he's saying why so, but he talks about why but it's like you said gobbledygook yeah pretty much i mean it was down they had issues sounds like they got it figured out and got her back up as quick as they could but it's i guess it's uh boy i'm i'm terrible i haven't even uh logged on at all today so 
I have to imagine it's it's going good. Oh yeah, it's better now. I think one team member uh, posted in our chat that he couldn't get in. I think it was late last night, but yeah, it was Phil. Yeah, he was having this problem last night, so it looks like it may have started then. But yep. it seems like they have it fixed. I didn't have any problems today. Yeah, I was fine today. So, uh, what I wanted to point out is. We don't hear about outages like we used to. It used to be more common, for sure. It seems rare these days. I haven't been around long enough to know what it used to be like, but I'm honestly, I mean, you see a little bit of blinking here and there from one or two guys, and that's a lot of times that's probably on their end, but I'm actually incredibly impressed with how well the cars do on track compared to what I used to race on console. You'll have the occasional you know, Ghost 4X or something, and I'm sure that and it's getting better, but... What they have now is a pretty awesome product, as much as we complain about it. It sure is. All right, let's talk about content in the September build. Tony Gardner posted up today. There's been a lot of topics today that came in, but uh, he basically made a nice forum post detailing out what is going to be in the September build. First, a complete new version of Michigan. We will handle it the exact same way we handled Pocono earlier this year. All customers who license the existing Michigan at the time of the build will be granted it for free. The new Michigan will be called Michigan, or MIS. Same name as the existing old MIS. We will move the old MIS to a free track, and I'm sure we'll start using it in unofficial series like Carb Cup and Pickup Truck Challenge. Every customer, regardless of current ownership, will be granted the old track for free. The old MIS will be renamed Michigan International Speedway circa 2014. Of course, uh, the Chevy Camaro car, a new built from the ground up art and production wise cup car. It will replace the existing Chevrolet in the official series. The new uh, Camaro will sell for the usual $11.95. However, all customers who purchased the SS in the last two years will be granted the new Camaro license for free. Oh, who's a happy guy? Right. You're getting <laughs> it free? old timers. Yes, That's sir. right. <laughs> I've had Look it longer than that, so I've already have to buy it. But I run Toyota, so. Uh, <laughs> You're still safe. The Sounds aforementioned like a good uh, the Chevy side. The old SS will turn into a free car and will be granted to every customer regardless of current ownership. To answer some questions you may still have about, uh, yes, we'll be striving to get the new Toyota and Ford Cup cars as well when they come out as fast as we can. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, moving on. Uh, you're also going to get Kokomo Speedway, an oval dirt track, will be on sale for $11.95 and a new rally track at Atlanta Speedway. So that's new, at Rally at Atlanta. Anyone with the Atlanta Speedway uh, license will get the Rally track for free. Um, let's see what else he says here. I'm just kind of paraphrasing. To touch on a few things, the new road track is in full production for the December release. Additionally, the next old track that we'll be working on is the new version of Silverstone. It is a big track big track so there's no chance it will release in 2018 however we just made another trip to england to get the latest silverstone data so the track will literally be from july 2018 and we are jumping right on it so that's new too i didn't know they had a scan 
Uh, new sports cars and open wheelers are also in production. I think people will be smiling. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, that's pretty much it. So lots of content. What do you guys think? Uh, what are you surprised about, not surprised about? There's no mention of day and night at all. No mention of the tire. Right. That's the only yeah. thing I really care about. <laughs> so why are we not hearing about those? I, I mean, this is content only. I don't know if that, are those called bug fixes and that's a different category? Uh, Hammer, I know you jumped in. Are you here? Do you have any ideas? What was the question again? Sorry. How come uh, we're not hearing about tires or day and night in the September build? Uh, I don't know because I don't work eye racing. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, huh? You think the tires would be out by now, but in, uh, in the hopefully you're right. Build. Yeah, hopefully this is this is just all about content and not so much about you know updates. Because you're right, all this is about the new stuff coming. Because remember, we were supposed to get the tire in the June build, and we didn't get it. I'll Did they ever say what? that, or were we just hopeful? <laughs> in the NASCAR series, pun intended, the heat is on. The heat <laughs> is on. Major people want that tire. If you look at the participation in the series, it's um, it's not good. Yeah, we have teammates and, that don't race because of it. No, right. and nobody is pulling any punches on it either. They're just flat out coming onto the forum and saying, "We're not racing until the tire's fixed." Yeah, I, we have people on our team that will not race fixed because of the tire thing and the setup situation. Three out of the four people that I know out of probably 100, so 75 out of 100 aren't racing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if Tony left it out on purpose, uh, not talking about those things, but those are big topics that are still kind of up in the air. If it's not September... It must be December. I mean, and that really is disappointing because when David Kamer first talked about the new tire model and he said it would be ready in June, you know, and now it's so crap. Now we're looking at December. Yuck. I don't know. I don't. I, they're good people. They're working hard on it. It'll come out when it comes out, and I have no expectations for when it does. Well, that's probably the smart way to be, I guess, John. Yeah, as, just see what happens. Yeah, well, as, far, as far as like announcing a release, at this point, we've been waiting for so long. Would you rather have them not say anything at all and, I guess, keep us in suspense, you know, um, wondering when it's going to happen? Or would you rather have them throw a date out there and then have to retract that date later on? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're we're getting close to the build, but we're still, you know, we are still a few weeks away. Maybe, maybe they're... You know, maybe it still could be for September. Um, they didn't want to lump it into this uh, this post on the forums. You know, maybe they're going to make some splashy announcement on Twitter or uh, some other social media thing, or right. you know, dress it up a little bit more than just a regular forum post. Yeah, he does. He does make that comment in there in this post that says, you know, there's some things we just we don't want to talk about just because we could retract or or things change. So but there's still a work in progress at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Love I love I racing, but I wish they had a plan B for the tire. That's all. Yeah. So Hammer, maybe you can tell me um, why. So I, why is it that they have to had we have to wait on this huge long build, 
Um, why can't they tweak a couple of numbers in the meantime? Why, why can't they, you know, make the max camber lower or tweak this, tweak that, something to change it up to get some of that? Is it, it's obviously probably more complicated than that, I guess. Well, they've changed the geometry on the car twice. And ultimately, you can change the geometry until you're blue in the face. The next option is to cap the ride heights and put ride height limits on the cars. And I just think, this is my opinion, I think they're just done messing with the geometry on it, period. And we're just going to have to wait for the tire, and that's all there is to it. Yeah, I think somebody had said that the geometry changes were going to happen regardless. They were hoping to roll it out with the tire at the same time. They ended up rolling out early because the tire wasn't ready and that kind of thing. But I, you're right. I'll expect more geometry changes. I, we're waiting for that tire. Who knows? What's the um, What's the last update that we got from iRacing as far as the tire progress? Have we heard anything lately? Nope. Well, they were working on that. They got sidetracked on that sheen thing. Layers of rubber on the track, and he was working on that. It sounded like they got sidetracked. I don't know. All right, well, one more last... News, uh, yeah, go ahead. The good news is is that there's a glimmer of hope that the setups that we're using now, if you don't build them with the left front up and the right front down to get the max camber, you sort of build them like the tire model would work the way you would expect. If you build them sort of the way I'm building like that, it's possible that the geometry that's being used for those setups will carry over with the new tire model. There wasn't a clear um, comment from Eric where if whatever you're doing now is going to be junk no matter what. It sounded like if you don't do the crazy stuff that your stuff might carry over. So I made a cognizant decision to not do that crazy um, superset stuff anymore. I see. We'll pray for you if that's the case. <laughs> oh, God, God, please let this work. <laughs> please, uh, one more. Racing, please. Uh, one more topic that Tony Gardner did top, uh, touch a little bit more on about this was the new Chevy uh, car. Uh, they built it from the ground up, meaning they didn't take the old car and redraw it and redesign it. They literally started from scratch you know, pen to paper kind of thing, and uh, built that car. So I thought that was kind of a neat touch. That sucks because now our Gen 6 ups probably aren't going to work. Uh, can't, that can't be the case because that would mean they would have to replace the Toyota and the Chevy chassis. Sorry. They would have to replace the Toyota and the Ford chassis completely in order to pin. I think he's only talking graphically or visually. I don't think he's talking okay. about chassis. Yeah. Because whatever works on the Ford works on the Toyota and works on the Chevy. So I cannot imagine them replacing the chassis. What I think he's referring to is in the past when they update the cars, they just take the old one and kind of update it. This one wasn't an update. It was like a do-over. Oh, so maybe they made a new mesh. Right. Uh, whatever the graphical side of it is, right. All right, let's jump into hardware software. Uh, Chris, you're up first. The 1080. Yeah, it looks like uh, uh, down on Amazon, the 1080, uh, the EVGA, the decent GeForce GTX 1080, is down to $470. 
And uh, I didn't check to see if that's still a price right now. Um, it I'm is. Sure this is posted. Is it? And I've actually been watching these. That's, I mean, that's a really good price, but that's actually pretty close to what they've been. I mean, they, they keep coming down and down and down. Because I've been, I'm definitely in the market for a new card. I've been watching them since, uh, since before last Christmas, uh, when stupid Bitcoin stuff exploded and these things went, you know, crazy. And yeah, we're finally getting down to. Um, a decent price, actually. It's still a little bit more than what it actually was when I looked for it around Christmas time last year. But uh, I think with um, here in a few weeks when they announced the new card, uh, they had that new um, that ten ninety force event. Yeah, I think we might even see them come down a little bit. Eleven eighty, I forget what what they called it, but you're right. Uh, and there's going to be a new event uh, three weeks from now where they're going to announce uh, more cards and. And one person on the post said, hey, I'd advise holding off on this price, even though it's a pretty good price, and see what happens after that, because the cards will likely go down again, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'd be crazy to buy one within the next month unless you really had to have it. I, you always take the chance that there's going to be another stupid uh, you know, thing that dries them up. You know, uh, Memory gets expensive, another <laughs> crazy bit or data mining crap. Who knows? But I'm going to do the same thing I was doing last year. I'm going to wait and hope interesting tangent on this um we have switched so we do a lot of uh, cad work autocad civil 3d type work for civil engineering and we have moved away from quadro cards over to the same cards these evga 1080 um, cards that get used for sim racing and we've been paying quite a bit more on every one of these PC builds because of this Bitcoin nonsense. But we're also contributing to driving up the prices. Yeah. <laughs> we're using them in all of our workstations now at work. Yeah. They're awesome for GIS. I mean, that's an 8 gigabyte card, 1080. It's really been a flagship card for the last year or so. And if I was doing a build today, today, I, this would probably be the card I would start with. Yeah, especially for iRacing. You don't, I mean, I can't imagine what you would need a, a better card for. This is all you need. Yeah, that's what I just put in mind. Granted, I wish I would have paid about 400 and something dollars, whatever What'd it you is. pay? I think with it, it was anywhere between nine to 1200 Damn. Time. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It's crazy how the change, it, fl- uh, the, it fluctuated so much because of the Bitcoin. I mean, more than double. That's crazy. I have two Sapphire R9-290 AMD cards and get the same performance. For half the price of a 1080. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable. Going across wire. My office is like an oven, though. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about it all the time. It's so freaking hot. All right, uh, Tony, uh, you're next. Yeah, it looks like we have uh, fully custom 8020 racing simulator. Uh, Rock an old Fanatec uh, wheel pedal shifter, and uh, the Sim Experience uh, Motion. Um, <laughs> it's on uh, eBay right now, and you can you can totally bid for it. Uh, open up your wallets, fellas. Um, the the buy it now price is for eleven grand, but um, with what I'm seeing here, I mean. This is one heck of a setup. Like this is, um, it's premium for sure. Oh, I mean, 
Yeah, to say the least. I mean, there's a crap ton of eighty twenty aluminum. Um, it looks <laughs> it looks well built. I mean, this thing looks like it could shake uh, shake a tank. Um, they've done a nice job. I mean, the price is steep, but it looks like you're you're getting all the stuff. I don't know if the monitors come with it, but uh, um, with everything else, I mean, it it seems to be quite a reasonable price actually it sounds like it's everything for 11 grand monitors computer the whole thing there's even three extra rims uh so there's four different wheels uh total it's got the sim experience motion uh it's got everything i mean nice triples oh yeah i mean yeah we're we're talking like 40 inch 4k uh <laughs> get three of those like my lord you almost don't need uh vr for this kind of thing sparkle yeah. wheel yeah, belts he's, ru he's running three 40 inch vizio 4k smart tvs and you get a 32 inch 1080p phillips with it for the fourth yeah i mean this is sweet guys i mean if why if I was building a cockpit, I like this idea now. I'm just like, wow, this looks, like you said, like a tank. I mean, it's so solid. Yeah, I, you, you just look at the build, and um, I, I'm kind of drooling a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, this guy says, uh, you know, he's not going to part it out, and he won't ship it. Um, but, uh <laughs> And it definitely can't come to Canada. I mean, I'm not in the market anyways, but I'm still drooling. Yeah, he puts out a parts list with pricing, guys. Uh, you know, the 8020, 2788 The Sim Experience Motion Seat Kit, 2763 The Fanatec Equipment, $2,800. Racing Seat, 1160 bucks. Monitors, 1500 bucks. Tachometer, two hundred eighty-four bucks. Speakers, one thousand fifty bucks. Uh, butt kickers, six hundred and ninety bucks. PC, twenty-six fifty. Did you see that total at the bottom down there? Yeah, total one uh, fifteen thousand six hundred seventy-five. So that's what he's got in it, but he'll sell it to you for eleven. It's not a bad deal if you consider that. So which one of us are jumping on that and buying that right now? Damn. He's got more than just his spare steering wheels than I could probably afford. <laughs> I mean, if somebody wanted to get into iRacing and just have the best you can get right off the bat, this is a turnkey solution, guys. This is awesome. Now, who's got $11,000 uh, Subway gift card laying around? <laughs> there yeah. you go. That might be a good title for the podcast. I mean, I, I'm just amazed when I saw this, uh, but kudos to whoever's selling it and whoever built it. Um, the guy puts in his description, he says, it's pretty much new, very, lower, very low hours on the equ equipment. I'm more interested in building it rather than using it. So it sounds like he's going to probably sell it and buy it or build another one. Yeah, so check that out. All right, what's next? I got the next one. This is a Derek Spears uh, design. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I'm on the wrong one. 
Next one up is, oh, it's a thread by David Tucker about DX12. And um, there were some interesting tidbits in here about this. Uh, there were some people talking about, you know, GPU memory and what to do with the sliders and different things. And anyway, David Tucker did uh, put a little nugget in here about DX12. I want to read it because if you recall, for the last year and a half, we made a big uh, transition from DX11 to DX12. And there was a lot of pain and growing pains with that and so forth. Uh, to get iRacing on DX12, and then I want to read what he says about it, uh, what he thinks about it today. He said, back in 2016, everyone thought that DX12 was going to be the answer. The promise was that it would be more efficient and finally support multiple rendering threads. However, so far, it has not panned out. It is slower and more complicated than the single-thread DX11 pipeline, and almost no games are using it. On top of that, DX12 is not a small extension to DX11, but yet another ground-up rewrite that is non-trivial to implement and support, making it difficult to develop in parallel. And so that's the first time I think I've heard iRacing say, you know, DX12 isn't what they thought it was going to be. So thought it, that was an interesting tidbit there. Yeah, that's not what I want to hear, seeing as that's kind of the route I'm heading. Hopefully by the time I get there, they'll have this stuff straightened out. Yeah, you know, the VR stuff, uh, you know, how does the, you know, sim interact with the graphics cards, you know, interact with VR? That's kind of the discussion they're having in the forums here about this. But Yeah, and I wonder if you have a proper um, video card running VR if you really have that many problems because I know Will's run VR forever. I don't know that he's ever complained about performance problems. I've heard from other people. I don't know that I don't know. I can't speak on it because I don't have one but Alright Chris, next story. This is the Derek Spears. Yeah and actually I don't, I'm not all that familiar with Derek Spears or what a 36 button controller with 12 bit analog inputs is as far as that goes but he does also have um this racing chassis that's supposed to be out in the next month and month and a half for uh, about 280 bucks which is and looks super solid yeah we've talked about the chassis before uh yeah he he emailed out to his uh you know his subscribers that he's going to be selling a button controller and it's for like if you're trying to build your own wheel it's like the circuitry you need to do that, and he like sells that as a separate piece. And so anyway, but as Chris said, the 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 cockpit that he sells is pretty darn cool. Now I think we've talked about this several months ago. Uh, it's available for two hundred and eighty dollars. Uh, in the uh, will ship anywhere in the U.S. Uh, they can ship to Canada for additional fee. But basically, it's a wood cockpit that's all pre-cut, pre-drilled, has all the hardware. It's all in a box. You put it together, and it uh, fits the need. Yeah, it looks to me like it's drilled for just about anything you can need, too. I mean, it's, it's good to go no matter what you're running. If you're in you know, Logitech, Thrustmaster, Fanatec, looks like you're good to go. Yeah, he has everything, pretty much all the holes are ready to mount your stuff and race. Yeah, so if you're looking for an inexpensive cockpit, a stationary, simple cockpit, a place to mount a seat, pedals, you know, wheel, and a gear shift, this is it. It actually meets the need. I mean, it's all wood, 
It can be painted. He actually has several renders here of different colors and what it could look like depending on how you paint the wood. Uh, I think they look pretty good, I mean, considering. Yeah, I shopped around a bit, and for the price, that's, I don't know that you can beat it for something that sturdy. You can get some questionable metal tubing-type stuff, but you know that stuff always seems to have a little bit too much bend and sway if you get too cheap on it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good value. So check it out. His website, DerekSpearDesigns.com. All right, and uh, Tony, you have the final topic, uh, a proposed meeting. Yeah. You lost your mo- oh, there you I, are. I'm here, and I am totally lost. <laughs> oh, that's okay. This final topic, but uh, basically what this is is uh, this is a meeting that the guy from Fanatec has called that he wants to get together all the direct drive wheel manufacturers and have a showdown. And so he's uh, trying to get this meeting going, so to speak. Uh, August 25th is where he's going to do it. It's going to be in Bavaria. Has there been a response to this? I think that's a really cool idea, but has there been a response from the other manufacturers that are actually going to show up for this thing? I don't think so. And... um, that's the problem. It's like herding cats, you know. You're trying to get people to commit to travel and spending money and time off work. And, and you know, there was I did read through this thread, and there's a lot of discussion. Well, we need some of the, the community masters that are, you know, there, there are certain people in the community that are really good with direct drive wheels and are trusted, you know, sources of information. You know, people were saying, we need those guys there, you know, that are not biased. You know, it's not like we don't trust the guy from Fanatec, but we need somebody who's not biased, who doesn't work for these companies to try these different wheels, you know. Yeah, the perfect guy. As I'm blanking on his name right now, but the the guy from Inside Sim Racing, I mean, he still does some really good reviews and stuff. Yeah, already somebody like the that. Rest of stuff. He had Fanatec, just get your stuff to him. He already has reviews for everybody else. Get your new podium stuff to him and see if it's everything that you say it is. I mean, there's another wheel guy named Bino uh, that is very popular in the forums when it comes to direct drive information, and uh, you know, people were hoping he would go. And but from what I've read here, it doesn't sound like anybody's actually committed to do it. It's a good idea, though. That's what Fanatec needed to do. They needed to throw down the gauntlet after that mess they had a month or so ago. Okay, next up, we're going to jump into results. Remember, we're doing it mullet style. So let's finish up Watkins Glen NASCAR iRacing Series. Uh, I ran Thursday fixed, P14. I think that's my best result of the week. I'll take it, take my points, and move on. (laughs) Friday open, uh, Tony Rochette ran. He got a P18, got brake checked in the S's, and clipped the grass into the wall. Wasn't competitive after that. Uh, Brent, uh, you had a good result, P9. Yeah, by far my best road racing finish at Watkins Glen in these cup cars. Um, clean race, 2X, just came from off-track incident points. So I'll take it. Pretty happy with it. Yeah, top 10. Yeah, absolutely. In NIS, uh, boy, that is tough. Uh, then Sunday open, uh, teammate Greg Hectus ran P5. I think that's our best result for the week there. Uh, he said he started P4 and got into two incidents in the first five laps, but able 
was able to keep it on track and get a great finish. So uh, good job, Greg. I wanted to add in here now, I wasn't able to make an NIS start uh, for Watkins Glen, um, but I, I did do a, a fixed race that I wanted to, to kind of mention here because I'm kind of proud of it. Um, okay. It was uh, just a one split race. So uh, like I'm racing, um, the top guy I think is like 7,500 IR. Um, I was wow. dead last. I was, I was, uh, I, I had the, the lowest I rating and I started dead last on purpose. Um, I was most definitely the slowest guy on track, uh, by quite a bit. Um, but, uh, I was able to, to keep it on track, which helped me out. And, uh, I think it was, um, 16 or 18, I think it was 18 and I was able to finish P8. So I was pretty happy with that, especially, um, running against, uh, you know, all those, those top guys, there's quite a few guys over the 3000 IR range and I don't race against those guys very often. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a good race in your normal split, let alone top. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Good run for sure. All right. So that was Watkins Glen. Now we're on to Michigan. Uh, so yesterday fixed, uh, I ran with Tony uh, Rochette. I got a P17. Wasn't a bad run, actually. I was having a pretty good run uh, near the top 10. Uh, but eventually he spun off two on my own. You know, I just got loose after like 20 laps and down to the inside and whatnot. Lost my track position. Gained it back, but later on a guy doored me. Uh, you know, I was on the outside. He came on the inside, came up into me. Went way back to the back again. Never had time to recover from that. So P17. Tony Rochette, he ran. He got a P9. Uh, he was in bottom split, but he only had three cautions, uh, which was way different than my split. I think I was second split, and uh, we had like, I don't know, 10 or something. It was crazy. All right, moving on to Wednesday Open last night. Uh, I deserved 20th or worse is kind of how I ran. Got 14th. Um, I was just not competitive. It was... Uh, it was tough out there. Um, Chris, you got a P15. Yeah, this has just been uh, the week of me screwing myself, basically. Um, <laughs> hammer roll contest. He um, coached me through uh, an A open. I think it was Monday or Tuesday night and was running okay there. And um, Dude, I'm not what else? <laughs> I know. I think I was running like fifth or eighth or something. Or maybe it was, I don't know. Ended up. We finished under seventh. caution. You yeah. were seventh. You were in seventh place. Mora. <laughs> yeah, so a, a guy slows up a little bit near the start finish line. I just roll right past him. Get black flagged under caution on the last lap. So this open, this or the Wednesday, yeah, the uh, Wednesday open. Um, I was running. I thanks to Hammer's help, I was had a pretty good race. Was running up front. Most of the race until um, we had green flag pit stops. Came down pit road, wasn't trying to push it, but still didn't get the car blow down enough. Sped on pit road, then slid through my stall and um, came back out. Uh, got, got got caught back up into, I think, 10th or so. And we had a couple of restarts there at the end. And even though we had had green flag race in that entire race, uh, they just they couldn't keep it together at the end. I don't know if this is a thing at Michigan, but it's been happening all week where the the leader waits till green and nobody else wants to wait. And that that happens at the end of uh, I think a 
at least two of my races so far this week. It's just so wide, people can just not, you know, stop themselves, you know? Well, it's just like, yeah, I said, it's the leader is doing nothing wrong. He, he's just pacing, you know, not goosing it, not doing anything wrong. Just do the pace speed until green. But, you know, you get one guy, you know, halfway through the pack that jumps a little bit, and then it's, it's all it takes. And I'm sure he's probably doing it on purpose. <laughs> why not? <laughs> if you have a couple laps to go and you're leading the race, why not cause a caution? For, you know, with, for just doing absolutely nothing but pacing correctly <laughs> yeah yeah I've, I've not had a good michigan so far uh so we ran thursday open earlier today uh, i was in a team uh with teammate mike morley he was running up uh towards the front and he got collected in this wreck that i got collected in we both got taken out i had over five minutes damage uh, i put up a video on the tifosi racing uh, facebook page of it but uh, there was no way I could miss it. I turned the wheel to the left. I got the brake on. The car just goes straight. It does not turn to the left at that kind of speed. And um, just plowed right into it. I couldn't miss it. Uh, so ran zombie laps, as I call it, the rest of the race, where I just am like a zombie. I'm half asleep. I'm not running with anybody. I'm not racing anybody. I'm just out there rolling around. And I hate those times. But I call it zombie laps. Morley P2, I crewed for him last night. That's true. We didn't write that down. Mike Morley did finish P2, and you were crewing that for a while, Hammer, and uh, you helped us loosen that setup a little bit where it was drivable. Because uh, it was really tight. It was getting tight as the rubber went down for sure. Yeah, we, we threw some stuff at it. It got better, though. That was top split, too, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, no, no I think not last night. Split. I think it was second spot last night. There was yeah, no so, caution until 15 to go. Yeah, that was interesting. It was green flag for the first two stops. And we stopped at uh, 33. I think he stopped on 33. I stopped on 35. And then again at 66 and 68 is when we stopped again. But uh, yeah, that was interesting with the no cautions. I did warn everybody about that before today's race. Hey, don't be laying back because it might go green. The best NAS race I've seen in two years outside of top split and pass. It was a really great race. There were people that wrecked off, but they would wreck down to the bottom off of the backstretch, and so it didn't bring out a caution kind of thing. Yeah, it was a totally different atypical NAS race. It's the kind of races that we should be having, to be honest. Yep. All right, and then Brent, uh, you ran with Chris, and you guys were together with Greg. He got a P2. He almost won. And you guys had a fuel strategy race. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, what do you want to hear first? Do you want to hear the fuel strategy, or do you want to hear the disaster that was me getting run over? Well, you yeah. Screw up. You do yours first, <laughs> and I'll talk about how I screwed up again. All right. So the car, the car handled great. It seemed to be. I think it's definitely a top five car. Um we were running, I don't know, we were probably 30 laps in, 20 laps in on a green flag run. And it was to that point where people were starting to make green flag pit stops. Running P3, um, guy in front of me pits. I'm coming up to lap traffic, going into turn three, go to pass the guy inside. He's on the outside. He lets me go. And a lap car that's got fresh tires decides to come over. And I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and to say that he didn't run me over and run this other guy over. But he ended up spinning the guy that was on the outside of me. And then he hits him and continues to run through him. 
and runs into the back of me and um, spins me out. So engine blown, 35 minutes of repairs, running P2 at the time of that, catching Greg up in uh, up in P1 and ended up finishing P26. It's frustrating. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, it's like your fault that you were in his way somehow, right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, he they probably, I mean, patience, that's all it takes. Yeah, and yeah. Um, easily would have got by me. Yeah, and that's the that's been the problem with NIS, like just patience. That's all it was. A dude had fresh tires, and like that's what happens. These guys, some of them just decide I'm quick, and this is my line. This guy's not quick, and he's in my line, but I'm not going to lift. Yeah, and, I don't yeah. think the, I don't think he was behind me for even a corner, just yeah. straight right through both of us. And so Greg, he was stretching it on fuel, and he was up there in the front. Uh, running while well, he finished P2, uh, he got passed on the last lap going into turn three by a guy with much newer tires. That was a much different uh, tire strategy. He had a 25 lap newer tires than Greg did. And Greg was literally pedaling that thing because he was out of fuel. Oh, yeah. It was really Go cool. Ahead, Chris. Uh, yeah, this, yeah this, I think I put in the chat, this is the only. You know, it's my first year racing, and this is we in uh, August now, and this is the and I've raced a ton of NIS, and this is the first fuel mileage race that's actually played out. And um, I didn't save enough gas. I end up, I think when we started saving, I was running P4. I think Greg was in front of me in third, and I started saving, fell back to maybe tenthish, and didn't end up saving enough. I ended up running out in turn three. Greg didn't run out and finish P2, but the guy that ended up winning the race had the opposite strategy where he actually pitted for tires and was able to catch us and pass us. But yeah, it was just him. So it was really cool. It was, it was fun to actually see it play out for a change. And Greg almost got the win there by, on a fuel mileage. Uh, but great run, P2. Wow. Yeah, I want to say he ran out on the backstretch, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he? Right after he took the checkered. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he had enough gas to make it all the way around. I mean, he played it when he did. He decided what strategy he was gonna he was gonna make, and he played it perfectly. It just didn't quite work out. Yeah, I'll tell you, that's a tough call to make. Do you do you block him to the point that where he's wrecking both of you, where you're both wrecking, or do you just race him hard enough? You know, because checkers are wreckers. You're going for that win. What do you do at that point? I wish oh, yeah. Greg, was, Greg was here to tell the story because the hour or so that we spent in practice to get him from where he was to to the P from the place that he was at in practice to the P1 P2 finish would be great to hear his story yeah yeah. he he definitely put some laps in didn't he yeah hammer like like a lot of weeks he was so so helpful I was in that practice as he was coaching uh Greg and while he's coach coaching Greg, I'd knocked like half a second off of my lap times listening to what they were talking about. So yeah, him helping Greg was helping everybody that was in team speak that night. Yeah, Greg had to work. He'll be back next week though. So Greg was he's been looking to get some one on one help because Chris and Mike and other guys have been getting so we set up a time and all I really wanted to do for Greg was kind of custom build the chassis and tweak it for them because <clears throat> Chris and these Tony and them know that I'll, I'll help whoever and adjust the car for them. So Greg comes in 
and he he's driving the car and i'm like dang he's like going into the corner so unbelievably hard like it was unreal he would go into the corner so hard and i he was braking so hard he didn't really know it and the whole car was nervous from the moment he entered the corner to the moment he left so he's like, oh, it's really loose off. It's really loose off. So I'm like, okay, you know, this is what I want you to do. At the start-finish line, count down from five. And I was walking morally through, and Chris, the same process. And maybe Chris can, just, can describe what that's like to have that consistency in the countdown method. But Greg, I, I made that setup so tight for Greg. And then after I made it tight for him, we... I coached him through the driving, and then I went back to the original setup that he couldn't drive. And that's the setup that he basically finished P2 with. There you go. And he's been a rocket in it ever since. All right, so let's talk next week. Uh, briefly, Bristol coming up, baby. What do you think about Bristol? Uh, it's survival for sure. I haven't built a setup yet, and I'm not sure if I'm going <laughs> to. It's just going to get broke anyway. <laughs> yeah, one of the worst for me. Go pay for VRS and crash. <laughs> yeah, it is going to be a survival. I usually do pretty good at Bristol. I'm pretty good at surviving those, but it is that upper groove only. It's really hard to pass on the bottom. So, All right, in the interest of time, we're going to uh, skip a few things here and, and jump into, I'm going to briefly go over uh, world championship coverage, uh, Basically, in the Formula One, Mitchell DeJong leads the championship 11 points over Martin Cronke. Uh, in peak, Keegan Leahy puts on a clinic at Pocono and takes the win. Uh, they also had a uh, social media vote on the best peak paint job. And so if you want to participate in that, get on Twitter. You can find us over there at iRacers Lounge, and you'll find uh, information about who to vote on for the best paint job in peak. But congrats to Keegan Leahy. I think that's the third win this year. Uh, and Keegan is uh, the one who's behind the VRS sets that John just mentioned. Uh, also, uh, <clears throat> World of Outlaws ran at Knoxville. I did not see who won that one. Uh, and then Rallycross, um, Joni Heikinen won again at uh, Phoenix uh, Thursday after last week's show. Mitchell DeJong still leads 26 points over Johan Hurth. All right, let's jump into final thoughts. Uh, Chris Scales, what do you got? Uh, it's just a, it's been a lot of fun uh, racing at Michigan this week. It's been completely opposite of what NIS has been for the most part. Like I said, other than um, the restart nonsense had um, a night or two ago, uh, the races have been really clean. Uh, two cautions. I had two NIS races that had two cautions apiece. Um, green flag stops at each. I mean, it's it's been really nice. It's been awesome. All right, very good. Tony Groves, final thoughts. Yeah, not a whole uh, lot for me this week. Um, <laughs> tell you, this this whole month, I'm just, uh, man, I'm shot out of a cannon all month. I'm not, uh, I, I, I wasn't able to make an NIS start last week, and the next two weeks doesn't look like I'm going to be able to make a start. Um, yeah, it is what it is. It's summertime and, uh, I got a lot of stuff happening in real life this month, but, uh, once we get summer over kids back to school, all that fun stuff, things should settle down on my end and I can, uh, get back to racing and, and, uh, hopefully not, uh, stink up the show in the, in the bottom splits when they, uh, 
when they do the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun to watch, though. So I'll be looking for you there. All right, uh, John Hammer, final thoughts. Uh, it's just I'm having fun again, uh, to be honest. But I really might might not build anything for Bristol. So. <laughs> well, we'll make do. So you still <laughs> hop in and tell me how to drive it? That'd be great. <laughs> Congrats to. Uh, to you guys for getting two P2s in 24 hours. That's really good. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, Greg and Mike Morley both uh, had some really good runs there for sure. All right, and uh, special guest Brent McCoy, your final thoughts. Yeah, thank you. Um, I can't speak for everyone else, but for me, joining the team, it's been a lot of fun. Learned a whole lot. Look for uh, many races with you guys to continue. Um, the success also coming with that learning a lot from you guys so thank you for having me on and uh let's go win some races yeah yeah absolutely thanks for coming on uh, of course you're welcome anytime uh my final thoughts is, is just what brent was saying is uh the team's hitting on all cylinders right now uh today in today's race we had seven people in team speak running uh in the races uh, between two different splits and in one split we had five cars in one split okay out of 36 cars five of them or team Tifosi, and that was pretty cool. And it's kind of neat to work together, to talk strategy. Even if you're not in the same split, it's a lot of fun to, to work with your teammates and and just you know communicate. You know as you're going through the race and uh, what you're feeling, what you're going through. Tell them about your wreck. You know, uh, vent a little bit. Uh, and we certainly had some venting going on earlier today. So. But uh, lots of fun with that, and uh, so hit us up on iRacers Lounge if you guys want topic ideas or want to be on the show. It's at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, you name it, we're out there. So with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.